Welcome to Community Matters, a podcast from the Canadian Association of Community Health Centres. I'm your host, Hilary Leblanc. On this episode of the podcast, we will be speaking with one of the CVP National grant recipients, the Saskatoon Community Clinic. The CVP National Project is supported through funding under the Public Health Agency of Canada's Immunization Partnership Fund, with the goal to improve confidence, uptake, and access to COVID-19 vaccines, as well as to vaccines in general for community health centre clients and community members, increase and improve the capacity of CHCs to deliver vaccination promotion activities that are tailored to the needs of their local communities, with emphasis on health equity and the needs of marginalized and vulnerable community members. Today, I'm speaking with Toby Esterby, Chief Operating Officer of Saskatoon Community Clinic. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks for having me. Perfect. Um, so let's start before COVID and CVP National Project. Saskatoon Community Clinic has provided a wide range of health and social services geared to the diverse needs of individuals, families, and groups in uh, Saskatoon. Um, would you tell me more about um, the specific geographical services area that um, that you provide and the community that you serve there? Yeah, for sure. So Saskatoon Community Clinic, we actually operate two clinics in the city of Saskatoon, one in our downtown location uh, that's right in the right in the center of the city in the down in the downtown shopping area. And uh, then we operate a second one on the, it's called Westside Community Clinic that's in some of the core neighborhoods situated within the core neighborhoods of, of the city of Saskatoon. So typically the less affluent neighborhoods and, and some of the more vulnerable populations in the cities with which that are, that are served by that uh, Westside Clinic. Uh, the clinic itself as, as an entity in the city has been around since quite literally since the birth of Medicare in the province of Saskatchewan. 1962, we claim our roots and we're very pl- proud of our roots in the, in the movement that created the system of Medicare that we come to know and love in Canada. And uh, we, you know, we're still building on that. There's, there's some people that have been around for 30, 40 years and still working in the clinic. And it's, it's incredible to see that passion and that, that drive to still be providing that primary health care, that multidisciplinary health care out of those two clinics in, this, in, in the city of Saskatoon. Um, we're a bit of a unique model in that we're a cooperative as well, too. So we, our, our board is uh, m- representative of our membership. Uh, our, we serve our patients that most of our members, but not necessarily all our members, and, and most some of our members are not necessarily patients, but it's everybody coming together, recognizing that community health is one of the most important drivers of the success of the community, and I think our clinic is doing a great job of uh, pushing, that, pushing that vision forward. With our populations that we have, though, like we've we've come to a point now that's been highlighted by the, the vaccination projects, um, where we have two very distinct things going on in the city of Saskatoon, and we've situated our West Side Clinic in a way that it serves specific populations in a very specific neighborhood that are having trouble accessing services throughout other systems within the city and within the province. So we also take great pride at Westside Clinic. That's where, that's where I am right now. And that's where uh, the building that I'm in at the moment. Uh, we take great pride in being that beacon of healthcare, but also the beacon of a, of a community, um, being able to be central to helping the families and the individuals that we see 
accessing the services that we all come to expect as just a part of being who we are in this country. Uh, for some folks, it's a little harder to access and we make sure that those conduits to good healthcare and, and uh, ways to bridge through the social determinants of health have a place to access the care that they need in communities. So we're, we're very proud of that here. Wonderful. What has been the impact of the pandemic on those communities that you were just speaking about? Well, you know, the pandemic is is kind of wearing on all of us, isn't it? Um, it, uh, it you, you mentioned in the intro, you know, pre-pandemic, what was the clinic? And it feels like that was about 10 years ago. Uh, so the, this, the impacts on the communities that we serve is essentially that stress that we all feel in the midst of this. But we, we need to recognize that, you know, pre-pandemic, everybody had a certain amount of stress in their lives and, and things that they were dealing with. And we could, you know, on a scale of one to 10, we all had our different levels that we were at. And some of us might've been at a zero, but the reality is that now with COVID and the ongoing challenges of the pandemic, there's nobody out there that's a zero anymore. Uh, even if you've really got yourself together and you have, things protecting you and sheltering you and safety and security even with all those you're probably at a level three or a level four on that scale of one to ten so when you go into populations where there's vulnerabilities or where there's barriers to accessing the services that you need in community or accessing the services that you need for yourself the pandemic magnifies that so what we've seen for the folks that we care so much about here at Westside is the challenges that they face in everyday life are amplified and they are increased and somewhat exponentially so. So when we go into a lockdown for at the beginning of the pandemic, all of, everybody locked down and we were all in our homes and we all complained about being on Zoom all the time. Little did we know that it would be two years later and we'd still be doing it. But we, you know, there was, we had a roof over our head, everything like that. In lockdown mode, what it meant for the populations that we serve out of Westside Clinic is there might not have been access to a public washroom, or there might not have been access to the food security services that they were used to relying on, or there might not have been access to the timely and proper health care that they needed. Uh, so that's where... Westside Clinic, you know, we, we kept our doors open and we kept trying to navigate the changing regulations and protocols and all the things that we learned along the way of these last 22 months uh, to try and keep our doors open all the time. And we are seven days a week, just like we have been the whole way through, uh, to try and make sure that these folks can access the, the care and attention and the, and the health care that they deserve. Uh, so the, the pandemic has really had that significant impact on adding another barrier. It's, it's adding, you know, another layer of challenge to access the systems that need to be accessed uh, that so many of us take for granted. And I, and I think it's important when we, yeah, I'm guilty of it as well, that when we complain about the, the inconveniences of the pandemic, there are, there are some of us that are it's inconvenient and and that's it and, and there's some of us uh, 
in this country that the pandemic has meant being cut off from basic services, from things that should be essentially human rights at the end of the day, proper shelter, proper food, proper safety and security. Uh, you know, the, the pandemic has meant that some of those things are hard to find for far too many people in this country, and that's true in Saskatoon as well. I've heard that a lot too, that the, the pandemic really amplified other pandemics that were going on in this country, as well as creating so many more barriers. And it's, it's a privilege to be able to, in a way, catch COVID and have a place to isolate because some people do not have that, even that reality. And that's a complete basic need, like you said, is safety and shelter. Um, so it's great that community health centers were able to stay open and try their hardest to navigate during these extremely difficult times. Yeah, isn't that the truth, right? We take for granted so often like, you know, the, oh no, I've got COVID, so I'm gonna stay home in my nice warm house. And, and that's, you know, it, it's, that's, that's not the worst uh, outcome that people have been facing this, in this. So, and it's an excellent comment uh, and, and very important point about the magnification of other, of other epidemics and other pandemics. Um, I, I've got the HIV ribbon on my lanyard that I wear all the time. And, you know, we, we're seeing in Saskatchewan, we are the highest case rate. Uh, we have been for a lot of years and it's it, that amplified because of COVID, uh, because of access to proper, proper medication, access to proper services, access to proper supports. We, we've seen those numbers uh, increase, unfortunately. And now we have, you know, there's other, there's other challenges, other health complications that are out there. And in the world of HIV care, especially, you know, Westside Clinic uh, is, is a leader in our province of, of providing HIV care, uh, recognizing that's not what this call is, yeah. but we're, the, the, you know, we're, we're a leader in the province in providing that care. And we've seen in that care uh, a very, very much an increasing complexity of the health out outcomes of the folks that we serve in, in that role. Uh, due to other, like the, the notion of a viral infectious disease that is rampant in the community in someone who has decreased immunity due to HIV or full-blown AIDS is, is very, very concerning. So, it, you know, all those things kind of start factoring together and it just increases so much the importance of that interdisciplinary care provided by community health centers throughout the country, especially here in Saskatoon for us. And it, it increases the importance of vaccinations. The, you know, the, the, the vaccine language that I like the best is, you know, prioritizing getting your vaccine for your own health, yeah, for your own health, yes, but for that other person's health. You, you, are, you are the one that will not communicate it to someone who can't fight this virus. And, and that's so important. And, and so that's why this, so funding like this that we can receive to, to promote and get those vaccines out there is just so, so crucial. Amazing. You, you did my segue for me. I was going, <laughs> going to go next into congratulating Saskatoon Community Clinic for being a recipient of the PHAC funding. Um, and I did want to ask, what are some of the milestones and lessons that you've learned and that you've achieved um, during the CVP project so far? 
Well, we're very grateful for the funding, first of all. You know, like as a as a nonprofit, as a cooperative organization, we we are we could we we like to think that we could solve all the world's problems if only we could win the lottery. So every little bit of funding is is just lets us do that one more thing that we know we can do in the community, and, and this is definitely the case with this with this funding. We had a unique situation in Saskatoon and, and a very good unique situation in Saskatoon in that there's uh, three organizations uh, right side by side, uh, I'm pointing out in the hallway because literally one of them is in the office next to me here. Um, so we had uh, ourselves at the Westside Clinic as part of the Saskatoon Community, Community Clinic and then Switch Clinic, which operates out of the Westside Clinic. It's a student wellness initiative. Uh, and a great group that does that, that involves the University of Saskatchewan here in Saskatoon. And then our next door neighbor is Prairie Harm Reduction. It's the first safe consumption site in, in the province of Saskatchewan and one of, the, one of the leading harm reduction agencies in Canada. And that's our next door neighbor. And all three of us have funding that is related to the promotion of vaccines. So our three organizations sat down at a table and said, you know what, let's Let's leverage this. Let's bring this together and see what's possible to accomplish if we put this all in the same idea and move that out into community. One of the key things that we established right off the bat is it was a question of access and it was a question of incentive. So number one, can I get to a vaccine clinic? Uh, the health authority in Saskatchewan, the, the ground troops of the health authority were doing such an amazing job. They had vaccine clinics and these huge drive-in vaccine centers that you get to. But the key to that is that they were far flung in the community and that you had to, you had to get a vehicle to get there. You had to have that have that privilege of being able to drive to go get your vaccine. And a lot of the folks that we serve in the Westside Clinic in these, in these neighborhoods and in these demographics don't have that ability. So it was a question of improving the access. So we started looking at the, the use of pop-up vaccine clinics in the neighborhoods that we serve. The second part that we looked at was incentivizing the vaccines. The populations that we serve in at the Westside Clinic are primarily an Indigenous populations. Uh, these are folks that have been fighting against racial injustices in the system, in the systems of the community that they work with and interact with for decades. Uh, there is there is trauma. There is horrible things that have happened in the past, and there is a significant distrust of the systems of the provincial government and the systems of the federal government. So healthcare is not immune from that. There is a significant distrust of vaccines in indigenous communities because of the notion of what has been done in the past. So we needed to overcome that. And one of the key ways to do that that we found for our folks is to incentivize starting that conversation. So what we did with some of these pop-up clinics is to get the word out into the community we had some simple giveaways. We had some simple things that we were handing out as part of getting your vaccine. Come to the clinic. Uh, we did one vaccine where it was uh, honorariums. Uh, we did one vaccine clinic, one pop-up clinic where we had honorariums, but also warm weather games, the end of uh, October, I believe. And, and of course it was the coldest day that we had had at that point. So the, you know, warm weather gear is an important thing for vulnerable populations that might not have a place to stay at the end of the day. So some of those incentives 
got people in that lineup talking about what the vaccine is, why we should get it. It let us, it let us have those conversations. So the benchmarks that we were able to hit with, with a couple of those pop-up clinics, like we were, we were vaccinating 250 to 300 people in a day. 250 people to 350 people in a day at that point in the pandemic, which was just this last fall, you know, the vaccines had been rolled out. Lots of people had, had had their second doses already at that point by June. We were September, October, and most of the vaccines that we were giving were first doses. So it was a really good indicator that we were in working in a community that did not have equitable access to the vaccines. So we were helping provide that. We, we also connected with the Saskatchewan Health Authority and they were able to keep us up to speed on the lagging rate of vaccine uptake within the core neighborhood communities. So we knew that at one point it was as high as 18 to 20% of a lagged rate of vaccine uptake in the specific neighborhoods that we serve compared to just the rest of the city. You know, it, was, it wasn't compared to the national average or anything like that, just to the rest of the city of Saskatoon. There was five neighborhoods in Saskatoon that were almost 20% behind in vaccine uptake. And those are the neighborhoods that the Westside Clinic works in. So we, we had an awful lot to accomplish and we're still working on that now, especially now that we've added the notion of the importance of booster shots. And now we've added to that as well, the notion of pediatric vaccines and trying to get those out into these same families that have a significant distrust of the health system. So we, we do have some work to do. Um, the things that we've, one of the most important things that we've learned along the way is that you can't overcome hesitancy with one conversation. It's an ongoing relationship. So we're leveraging the relationship that Westside Community Clinic has with our patient families uh, already. Uh, the, the folks that know us know that they can trust us with their health care, and it lets us start that conversation about vaccines. It lets us start that conversation about the pediatric vaccines, especially because there's a, as parents, we all feel that, you know, we, we can put ourselves in risk, but boy, when it's our kids, we, that's another level of risk. So we need to have that conversation with them. But for the ones that are our patients, we, we have that relationship built so that we can start it. With our families that live in the neighborhood, but maybe aren't patients of the clinic, we need to start that relationship from the beginning again. It's not as simple as one conversation and our work is done. We need to build that trust and build that relationship so they know that we are coming at this from truly a place of caring for their family's health and let them come to us with their decisions and their hesitancies and talk to us about that and, and try and try and navigate through some of that work. So it, it's, it's been very rewarding seeing the significant difference that we've been able to make in the community, but also very challenging, challenging to see the continued lagging rates of vaccination for a population whose, whose only problem is just equitable access to systems that aren't built to serve them. I was wondering if there was any, um, you did touch on it though, um, if there are any other very specific challenges or any best practices that you've learned other than like all of that relationship building and really starting from a place, base place of zero to impart that education about the importance of vaccine uptake. Probably one of the most significant challenges uh, in the vulnerable populations that we work with is the notion of these 
you know, these multiple doses of vaccines. And we see this in childhood immunizations as well, too, in the work that we do, where, uh, you know, a community that tends to be a little bit more transient in nature is very hard to make sure that you have the structure, here's the first dose, here's the second dose, here's the booster, here's, you know, what did you have the first one? Is it Pfizer? Is it Moderna? Is it AstraZeneca? All these different things that are, you know, in our in our privileged state, our doctor figures it out for us. In, in Westside Clinic, this primary health team that is composed of 40 some people at Westside Clinic all work together to help keep track of that. And it might be an outreach worker, or it might be, uh, it might be the doctor or the nurse, uh, nurse practitioner, or it might be the receptionist, or it might be our screener at the door that knows the person. So all these people kind of work together, but it's really challenging we're finding to get the systems to talk to each other. So because of the, the deployment of vaccines as a priority throughout the city, throughout our country, there are so many different things going on and different systems and different points of access that you can get vaccines. And not all of these systems talk to each other. So for our folks that are transient in nature or perhaps have moved to the community newly or ones that kind of drop on and off of our radar, we're never, you know, the, the, we always have to do an awful lot of work to make sure that we are aware of the full story of where they are at in the vaccinations and, and where they, you know, where we need to get them to. So it's, that's one of the pretty significant challenges that we've, we've had along the way. And it's a health challenge for individuals, right? Like the, when access is not equitable, it means that they, you know, 28 days between doses or whatever it was when we first started is, is, it sounds great, but 28 days doesn't mean much to someone who's more focused on finding food, finding shelter for that night, whatever it might be. Uh, so the concept of time changes and we're arbitrarily expecting people to just, okay, yet 28 days later, come back to the clinic. It, it doesn't work like that. And we need to make sure that we can accommodate accommodate that different sense of reality and uh, it's been a challenge in, in some cases for sure. Um, one of the best things we've learned from that is that we need to, and this applies to everything that we do in the clinic, we need to meet people where they're at and you know if, if there's a best practice that I can share that anyone can take from this is especially working with vulnerable populations. Uh, Every single one of us should absolutely be in complete control of our health. And we should all have that right. And we should all have that equitable access to controlling our own destiny. So we can be there and we can say, this is what we would recommend and this is what you should do. But at the end of the day, you need to meet somebody where they're at. And if they're not ready today, then you need to do what they need today. And if it's just to have a cup of coffee and a conversation about it, then that's all that we're going to do. And it's, it's truly that relationship building that's going to improve the, the outcomes, not just health outcomes, but also the social outcomes of, of how health affects everything else in life and how everything in life affects health. So we need to kind of meet those folks where they're at, even, a, even on a conversation as simple as, should I get my COVID shot? I, that's a, for someone that, doesn't trust the systems that they interact with, that's a big conversation. And 
we need to remember that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You're completely right. And I, I definitely agree that if you're, if you're focused on hunger and shelter, your priority is definitely not counting the day. Like, I can't even keep track of the days <laughs> and everything that's going on. And I am a very privileged person who has shelter and multiple devices and all of the things that life has gratefully handed me. And it's, it's definitely been very difficult to navigate for everyone. I cannot imagine having all of those barriers. And so it's, it's great that there are people there to help these other people who are struggling navigate the system. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, a bit briefly about the vaccine uptake for the five to 11s now that the pediatric vaccine has been out for, I believe, a few weeks. You did mention a little bit as well how, you know, parents' hesitancies can affect, you know, if the 5 to 11s are going to get it and that correlation. Um, I'm curious as to what the uptake has been like in your community and if there are any challenges or milestones that you've encountered with this new endeavor. It it's, it's been really interesting and uh, in good ways and really interesting in some challenging ways too. Um, so we, like we've, with both of our clinics, we've had access to the pediatric vaccines essentially just a couple of days after they became available in Canada. Um, and in the province of Saskatchewan, we, we actually, in Saskatchewan, we finally had something to celebrate because our vaccine uptake in, in five to 11 year olds as a province was significantly strong. Uh, you know, in the first few days, there was 40,000 appointments booked. I think we're at something like 35 or 39%, I think was the last number I read of, of eligible five to 11 year olds being vaccinated, which is great. Uh, the Saskatchewan Health Authority, like I said, the boots on the ground of the Saskatchewan Health Authority is just absolutely an incredible team. And the vaccine team is out in the elementary schools throughout our community, getting those clinics to happen. Um, but what we're seeing in the midst of all of these great numbers and great start to this, now what we're seeing is the, the rate of these vaccinations drop off fairly significantly. In the, after that first couple week rush, kind of what it looks like is that everyone that was intending on getting their kids vaccinated has now got their kids vaccinated. And now we've got some work to do. Uh, so we were, you know, we were excited about an early number out of the gates, and now we're not so excited because it, it, it looks like we might have a bit of a challenge ahead of us here. We've ran, uh, we, we've tried a few different things for vaccine clinics for the specifically four or five to 11 year olds. We had a lot of fun because we got to decorate and we got balloons and we had inflatable hammers and all these different things that you can do with these wonderful pediatric clinics. But the, 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 the uptake wasn't great. I'll, I'll be really honest with you. We, we had trouble getting folks to come out, even with a really dedicated effort of proactively phoning our patient families, proactively being out in community and talking about that we were doing this and come on out and all these, you know, all these fun things that we could do. And we were having some challenges to get people to show up. Same thing, you know, it, it, we're seeing the same things in some of the schools in, in these neighborhoods that we serve. Uh, the, health authority, the health authority was running the same type of clinic for pediatrics in each of the elementary schools. And in some neighborhoods throughout the city, they were very successful. Typically more affluent neighborhoods uh, in more suburban locations throughout the city of Saskatoon, those clinics were extremely successful. 
the elementary schools that were in the core areas of the city, the West Side Clinic serves, they didn't have the uptake that they had at the other schools. So again, what we're seeing in the initial numbers here is a significant lagging rate of vaccination in these families. And again, these are primarily Indigenous families, primarily less affluent families. Uh, and it's magnifying again the inequitable access to basic health care. So the you know the notion of building those relationships comes up again. And the we're we're we've just come off actually a a long meeting with with the Saskatchewan Health Authority and our three partners, so Switch Clinic and Prairie Harm Reduction and, and the Westside Clinic met at length actually just yesterday with the health authority. Uh, our chief medical health officer and our, our lead of the vaccine teams um, and looked at what we could do in communities. So we've, we've rejigged a few of the, the running uh, vaccine clinics that the health authority had been doing. Uh, we've commandeered, if you will, uh, two days next week that would have been for booster shots and they're only gonna be for pediatric vaccines. And all, all of our organizations have been phoning every family and every program that we know of to try and get folks to, uh, it's, a, it's not in this building, but it's a common building in the community. Uh, and we're gonna support that. And then we, we're also gonna start developing now uh, towards in, in the new year in January, we have three weekends where we're going to be doing uh, cooperative um, pop-up clinics again for family vaccination. So the notion of here comes the family, uh, it's gonna be centered around food, it's gonna be centered around community. So a gathering of other things, but health focused. So let's talk about COVID vaccine, mom, dad, to you guys have your first dose, second dose booster. And for the children do you have first dose second dose and making sure that we're getting those things out there so we're hoping we have a little bit of success in that and we've got some time over christmas here to get some plans and get the message out into community that this is safe and that this is okay and it's if you have questions you have time to come and talk to us about that and, and learn a little bit more about why we believe this is a safe vaccine for your family and why we believe it's really important for your family to be vaccinated against COVID, even the five to 11 year olds. So again, you can see we, we're trying to learn from our experience to this point that it, it's about the relationship in, in, in an affluent neighborhood and where someone has all the access to all the information and and like you said, seven devices. I've got, I've literally got seven devices on my desk in front of me here. I'm not sure how that happened, but I've got seven devices in front of me on my desk. I have no problem finding information. If I want to know something, I can, I can Google things seven at a time. But for the families that need information and don't have that access, they need someone that they can trust to get that information from. So we need to put ourselves in a position where we can build that trust. So we're hoping the time between now and those family clinics is the enough time for us to make that little bit of a difference for a family so that they can say, okay, you know what, we understand, let's go and we'll get the kids vaccinated and we'll get our booster shots and off we go. And then that's one more family that's protected in community. So we're, we're hoping that we're successful in that way. 
I hope that you are successful as well. And I look forward to hearing the, the results on that. I'm sure that we will be speaking about that through the, the PHAC and the CVP project. And I really hope that that is successful. Um, so by and large, over this entire pandemic, um, what would you say about the ability of community health centers to adapt to the uh, emerging social and public health issues and the importance of community health centers uh, within our health and social service system? Well, you know, the pandemic has done many things and it's laid bare the strong points that we have in our world and it's laid bare the weak points that we have in our world. And it, in health, it's probably even more so that. Uh, and I think what it's made incredibly obvious to those that have a window to see it is that the community health center approach is by and large the best method to overcome some of the inequities of health provision in community. Uh, you have in our busy world that we live in, you know, it's a, it's a question for those, for those that have the luxury of being able to provide for themselves the healthcare that they want, not that they deserve, but the one, the healthcare that they want, the community health care model is the way to get it. Multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary services. I've got one stop. I've got 17 other appointments and the kid has, kids have three sports to go to. I've got 10 minutes. You know, I can walk into, I can walk into either, our, either of our clinics and have access to PT, OT. I can have access to healthcare. I can have access to just about anything that I need that has health remotely attached to it and I'm in one spot and I have to pay for parking once and I have to, you know, all these different things that we always look for in convenience. But on the other end of the spectrum, the health, the community health centers are able to provide care to individuals in a safe manner where others couldn't. You, throughout the pandemic, you've seen private family clinics close their doors and go to online appointments or phone appointments or whatever it might be from a staffing perspective and, and for, for very good reasons to protect their own families, to protect their own staff, to protect their own patients. The community health centers are used to serving no matter what and used to serving, you know, we figure out a way to do it because we have a role in the community that serves folks that need help accessing care and community. And that's rings true, especially at our Westside Clinic. Uh, you know, the, the importance of the care that we provided through the pandemic couldn't have been done in any other way. There was, there are a few other clinics that operate in the neighborhood and we were the only one that's, where it was able to stay open through the entire pandemic. And it, and it wasn't that we had abilities that others didn't, it's just that we could prioritize with our mandate, we could prioritize the care that we were providing in community. And I think that speaks to the community health center model. Community health centers provide care because it is the right thing to do and it is the good way to do it. So in a pandemic where the good in people, we hope the good in people rises up, community health centers was, were already doing that good work. So they were ready, willing and able right at the beginning of the pandemic to do what needed to be done but also had the mechanics in place to be able to do it. So I think really, you know, as challenging as, as the pandemic has been in so many ways, I think we need to look for the silver linings. And the, one of the silver linings that I'm hopeful 
uh, will come out of this is an understanding among agencies and, and levels of government that this primary health care model, the community health care model, is the better investment for community health than the emergency room or than the hospital or than the urgent care center or whatever it might be. We need to invest in the community health center model so that people can feel a part of something and have the care that they provide impact their outcomes. And I, I think the pandemic is, has laid that bare that the, our, our model is the best way to improve those outcomes for those individuals. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, if our listeners wanted to find out more about the Saskatoon Community Clinic, where would they go? Well, we have a website, uh, saskatooncommunityclinic.ca. Uh, we do have a Facebook page as well, and we're, we're in the new year, we'll have some improved social media uh, ways to find us as well, too. We're slowly starting work on that and, and getting ourselves out there in communities, so we're looking forward to connecting with people in whatever way they can find us. And if on the off chance that somebody in Saskatoon sees this, they can come have coffee with us too. I, I really like coffee. <laughs> That's wonderful. I want to thank you again so much for your time today, Toby. This was a very inspirational way to end this year of podcasting. And I really hope that um, all the future CBP project and vaccine uptake projects are successful for Saskatoon Community Clinic. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it. And thank you. For, thank you for the support. For listening to Community Matters, a podcast from the Canadian Association of Community Health Centres. To learn more about our association and the important work of community health centres across Canada, go to www.cachc.ca.